Hello everyone. This is going to be a very interesting topic because we were actually just off air currently and we were talking and we decided that this would be a very interesting topic to share with everyone and to get your thoughts as well as share our upbringing of being an Asian American and also Canadian into navigating career space. Wait, Asian Canadian American. No, but he was born in, I mean, he was living in America for like 80% that's true, of it. That's true, that's true. But, okay, let me just re- <laughs> restart this. <laughs> no, you can cut that. No, it's fine, it's fine. We can just cut it's, 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 it's funny, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> okay, add. Okay, um, we should kind of recap what we were talking about earlier. Um, I, I don't know exactly. <laughs> Kevin, hey, Andrew, you got it. Okay. All right, welcome back. Um, just to recap before we start this episode, um, we were actually talking right after the previous episode's recording, and we're talking about how our vocational or career imagination is heavily impacted by our upbringing. Yeah. And how that conversation plays into... Um, our our own career choices that we've made and also um for the future well i feel like it's more not even about our our upbringing it's more it encompasses kind of like the whole asian american mindset right which is which we experienced that through our upbringing right yeah because it might be different right we only have three you know little peas here you know i mean i don't know we're asian so that's a thing so we're two east or two and a half east asians and one (laughs) one half uh southeast asian and then one Southeast Asian technically, or two is technically culturally Southeast Asian. That is true. That that's is true, true. That's true. But, um, yeah, Andrew was at where we were talking about how, like, Asian Americans don't really aim to be, like, in the top 1%. Like, it's just not a thing. Yeah. And our example of that was that Andrew and I both took instrument classes and you know we pursued our instruments whether with piano or violin and stuff and i i just remember <laughs> at one point i asked my mom I was like if i get really good at piano like i can make a career out of this and then they're like whoa 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 like the fact that you're learning piano is to stimulate your brain and to understand musical notes and to you know be a holistic person and stuff like that and just to be well-rounded whether that's for college apps or whatnot i don't know uh, what they were scheming but <laughs> But but then they're like you know don't 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 make a career out of it because it's not like stable or it's not gonna be you know something that brings food to the table as easily as you know if you were to become you know typical engineering lawyer CS or doctor or something like that. And Andrew, I don't know. Do you want to add more to that experience? No, no like it's just just to translate that experience into what happens um, in career choices. Mm. Um, are generally speaking, I think. Um, the Asian American experience is that um, our parents told us to become either doctor, lawyer, engineer. Is there anything else? (laughs) (laughs) Doctor, lawyer, engineer. (laughs) Is that it? Yeah. I mean, like that's, that comes to my head first. So yeah, doctor, lawyer, engineer. And if you, if you don't do any of those, business business is one. Business is one. one. Uh, I don't know. It was in my household. It was in or was? It was because his mom is in business. Yeah, oh, my, my family was really into business too. I see. I think it's kind of my dad ran like a small, small business, so it's a little different perspective. But because he's like, generally, just... 
I mean, it, it comes with it comes with like trade-offs. But anyway, yeah. generally speaking, doctor, lawyer, engineer, business, right? Sure. And so, even like the idea of wanting that is because on average, those are more high higher paying careers, right? Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, more than not, um, and maybe there are statistics to back this or disprove this, but um, from our collective uh, perception, uh, what we've seen. Um, it seems that the people who do choose into those careers um, due to those, I guess, um, reasons don't really excel in them. Um, I don't mean excel as being uh, not underperforming, but as in really being the top performers as a doctor, as an engineer, as a lawyer. Um, or, okay, that, that, that's quite debatable. Like, you could be a top performing, like, doctor. But, like, you don't see many, what, like, uh, what are they called? The people that own the hospital. Like, an Asian chairwoman, chairman, chairman. We have people that are, like, professionals in their field, right? But they're not, or, like, the best in their field. But, like, not, they don't, like, they're not, like, in charge of that field. Oh, they don't, like, represent the diversity board? Exactly. Because, like, we don't have a lot of leaders that are, like, the like the top 1%. Like, if you look at the top 1%, most of them are, like, either white, even, even black, or uh, or African-American, um, or Mexican-American. Uh, Mexican-American? Latino. Latino-American. Latino, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we, we don't see many Asian-Americans, and I think that goes back to, like, your, your concept of, like, we, we don't have uh, – we're not very imaginative of career. Like, there's, mm-hmm. no, there's, no, there's no career imagination. Uh, like we this the reason this came up also was because I was talking about how when you're looking at careers you should always look at the high end. And then, and then we yeah. argued that the average is what we look at because that's most representative. And yeah. Kevin said Well, okay, median is technically more representative of the average than the okay. average. It depends on the di- distribution, by the way. Usually median at least for jobs, I think median like should be used more than average. Just because, like, because like more people are being paid that amount. Dude, that just brings me back to like days in elementary school where I put two fingers on the the range and then just keep going in until <laughs> I find the median. <laughs> but then that goes back, to, like we were talking about math in that sense. Like we talked, I also mentioned this, to Andrew, like where Asian Americans tend to aim for like the third quartile, where like we're outperforming seventy five percent of the population but we're never trying to be like in the top one percent we don't want to be like the outlier and that kind of falls into like the whole concept of a model minority right Mm -hmm. like we there's nobody that wants to really stand out like at least in my family it was okay to like like i wanted to be an nba player when i grew up (laughs) (laughs) okay this is is the story i was about to tell so in sixth grade i wrote a paper on how i was gonna be an nba player right your parents then, were like, I sign off on this. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my parents, like, I had to give it to my parents to read and then, like, have them, like, give feedback on it, right? And the thing is, I don't think they knew, but, like, I got to see what they wrote, right? Oh. So, they're like, well, I don't know if he's going to be tall enough to be an NBA player, <laughs> but we'll support him. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, that's not bad. So, like, going through middle school and high school, like, I kind of believed in that. Like, I could do it, right? But there was a point in sophomore year I just stopped growing. So yeah, that I kind of gave up on that. But 
like with that mindset i kind of kept going with it for whatever field i or like whatever career choice choice i kind of wanted to dive into right um i remember sophomore year i was like okay basketball's not the thing i'm gonna learn to be a surgeon i want to be a neurosurgeon and i want to be like one of the best neurosurgeons it was funny man i just got i was like i we we all knew each other back then i'm gonna gonna hop in i'm gonna like start volunteering at a hospital and learning as much as i can and the thing is like bro medical field they like (laughs) they keep you out dude like there's a there's a bunch of red tape you're probably probably cleaning the restrooms at the hospital (laughs) keep you out what does that even mean there's red tape like you can't you can't like spectate a, a surgery when you're oh, like, you a can't see age. the cool stuff yet. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, it's just like legal problems. Like, it's all over the place. I see. So like, I I was like, this is not it. Like, I can't I can't excel in this. I can't do what I want to do. So, I kind of then then that made me move into my next career choice, which was like computer science, and then that's when I kind of like started diving into that field. But I think at least with my upbringing, it was a little different from you guys where like, they weren't really against me pushing for the top. Yeah, you could well, have been really an NBA player then. The only thing that was holding you back was genetics, but I mean, you can make yeah. the exception, Kevin. Yeah, well, <laughs> if it's your real passion, bro. When Arc G figures out how to modify people or like genetically modify people, there's some I'll ethics involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing with medical field. Uh, anything related to medical, right? So many, so many things, but yeah, uh, we we don't push for the top. Like we push to be above average. That's about it. That's like, that's so funny because I think it's so true. Is that I don't know, but there's there's that idea that you mentioned that we don't. We were kind of taught maybe not to like. We were taught to shine, but we were not taught to like blind people's eyes you know like we (laughs) we we wanted to do well but we didn't want to like get all the attention on us right um and i don't know but like kind of this might shift into like how we want to grow out of that if if it's anything but i think that in itself kind of translates to different personality traits like i find myself not speaking up a lot i find Mm -hmm. myself kind of internalizing a lot of issues a lot of problems that i have and it's, it's oftentimes maybe like, you know, if I think about this, it could be attributed to this idea that, you know, growing up, we were always, you know, just being told like to do well and to kind of please others in that sense of not bringing discomfort to others while you kind of internalizing stuff because you just want to shine, but mm-hmm. you don't want to like draw so much attention to you that now all eyes are on you. Right. And the other thing is that people might think that we, we actually... Like some people see that Asian Americans are actually trying to shine, but it only applies to academics, right? Like right. I think our parents only know how to shine in academics. Okay, no offense to our parents, but like that's the thing that they value the most. It's true, but with so, good like, reason, right? Because for good reason, right? They grew yeah. up differently in a different society, in a different kind of culture where right it was hard to get an education, mm-hmm. and they had so many examples of seeing how education could directly lead to a better life. And right. so now that, you know, they've immigrated here and they're able to kind of pass on some wisdom, that is the most key, the most important wisdom that they found in their life that they wish they could have had. And mm-hmm. so they impose that onto us in hopes that we take what they learned and make the best out of it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, I think, and I think um, more more than likely or 
a large portion of Asian Americans come from immigrant families where like either first, second or third generation. There's a, there's some families that are fourth, fifth generation, but mm-hmm. it's not as common. Right. Right. And I think, um, not to say that it has nothing to do with our Asian culture, but I think as, as immigrants, it has a huge impact because the opportunities that, um, whoever immigrated here had is far less than for us who have grown up in the society, know the language, know the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, um, there's this quote, and I think it's really relevant. It doesn't seem very relevant. Um, it's, by John, it's by John Adams. It's by John Adams, um, who was one of the founding fathers of the United States. Interesting. Um, an immigrant. <laughs> I don't know if he's an immigrant. I don't know if he's an immigrant, but I'm assuming that there were a lot of immigrants, and it was a very tumultuous time for America. Um, during well, technically, time, right? all of them were considered immigrants back then. But weren't some of them born in America? That'd be kind of early. I don't know about John Adams. I feel like that's a little too early. I didn't take Anyways, English. Let me, right. just, let me just say this uh, quote. So it, he says, um, I must study politics and war that our sons may have liberty to study mathematics and philosophy. Our sons ought to study mathematics and philosophy, geography, natural history, and naval architecture, navigation, commerce, and agriculture in order to give their children a right to study painting, poetry, music, architecture, statuary, tapestry, and porcelain. And so when I read that quote, and I first came across that quote, it kind of put into perspective what my own parents kind of did. Like my dad, he runs a convenience store. Arguably, I mean, I don't know if you'd be like, he'd tell me this, but I probably don't think it's like a passion of his to run a convenience store. Maybe there are some aspects of it he enjoys as like being a, as a business owner that runs his his own schedule and his own business. Mm -hmm. But I would say more likely than not, it is to give stability to our families so that I can study something that would basically give me more opportunities in life, right? Like one of the things my dad used to always tell me was that like to go study whenever I, like whenever my mom or like I would like offer to help at the store. I've never worked a single hour at the store like my whole entire life, even though like for like 90% of my life, life my dad ran it. Wow. Right. And for him, it was because like, I don't want you to work this job because my purpose of like working, okay, this is my interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> but my interpretation is that he didn't, he doesn't want me to work at the store because his purpose in working that is for that, for me and my sister to have opportunities to study something else that doesn't require toil, like having to toil hard mm-hmm. and like do these things. Right. And so um, I really appreciate that looking back, even if that wasn't the purpose, because it did really give me opportunity to study something and not have to worry about like a family business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, same for me, like Cal or my brother and I, we're not allowed to work or when we were in high school, we weren't allowed to work. I think until college, I didn't even tell my parents I applied for a job in college. So wow. I, got I didn't know that. Yeah. So we weren't allowed to work and study at the same time because technically like studying has to come first before everything. I relate to that. But I don't, I don't necessarily believe that exactly. Right. Cause then I could have technically, I mean, like if I was a smart kid, I could have done something with the money I made, but I don't know. Like <laughs> I could, I could have done something like, Jays. no, I would not have bought Jordans. Maybe. I, I mean, I could have been like a sneakerhead, bro. I would have been flipping these Jordans, trying to flip business, you know, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I agree with it, but like I, I do see like the the benefits of it now, kind of. I mean, like I, I did not spend most of. 
Okay, let me ask you guys this question. How much of that time that you weren't working or doing something or during school, or how much of that time you weren't working in high school were you actually studying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so true. I, I had that same thought, which was, you know, growing up, my parents were also very much like, we, we, you know, we gave you this opportunity so that you could focus entirely on your studies and, you know, take advantage of this education system that we have. Um, but obviously, I think as any student can attest to, it doesn't, tw- studying isn't a 24-hour job excluding, you know, your sleep. It, um, you know, there's, there's obviously breaks that you take whether they're 15 minutes or, you know, five league games, um, there, there are breaks <laughs> that you take. And so for me, I wanted to get a job because I felt that it would teach me more about responsibility and like right. just managing my own money. But um, I guess that's like the love your parents have for you. It's that they don't want you to experience that yet. And they really want you to have ample time to really ensure that you're taking care of your next steps to, you know, go to college or get a career. And so mm-hmm. looking back, I didn't, at that time, you know, when you're in that moment, you don't really realize that. And so sometimes you take that time for granted and you just go play a bunch of league or something else. Um, but now when I look back, it's like, I look at it like a baton, like a, a, re- a relay race. Like, you mm-hmm. know, your parents worked really hard because their grandparents worked really hard and kind of set that in stone. And then they passed off that baton to them. And then, you know, they immigrated over here. They did whatever they could to learn the language, to start a life, to, you know, provide for us. And then now, you know, I feel that we're coming into this new realm where the baton is finally, like, falling in our hands. I remember wanting the baton earlier. Like, I would ask my parents, like, yo, if only I had a job, I would get, like, a bigger voice at the table or whatnot. Um, but <laughs> but now it's, like, you're, it's kind of, like, you know, just being handed to you because you know we're finally stepping into like our first careers out of college we're learning these challenges and obviously there's a lot that we don't know and our parents would probably call us out on it but um it's cool to finally enter this space where we can start making the sprint for ourselves whether that's in the same direction as our parents and our ancestors have been running towards or we kind of take a detour and we try a new path and i think if anything that's like exciting um and I feel so much more grateful for it now than I, I did in the past. But yeah, just a reflection <laughs> that I had. But what if you could have been like the the best violinist, dude? You that wouldn't have stopped. been me. That would be Andrew, dude. I was no. violin. <laughs> Bro, Andrew doesn't practice. I honestly get like not not to like brag or anything. I think I think I could have been the best violinist in Renton. <laughs> Okay, but that's nothing. That's nothing. No, no, no. Yo, all you rented four to five kids. Call them out. I just had to. Uh, I just had to uh, take out that uh, girl from Kennedy. <laughs> oh man. No, he was yeah, good. Actually, that's another thing. My, my parents used to be like, "You might be the best in math at your high school, or like whatever." And I, not that I was. I'm just saying, like. Okay, yes. My my uncle said that to me before too. Yeah, it's like it's like you might be the best at your high school or like your city, but wait till you go to like university. You'll see that you're not the smartest person in class. I was like, <laughs> like get out of here. And then I and then I got wrecked. <laughs> the, the saying that um, my parents always said that like try to teach me that same lesson was like you might think you're like the coolest, the hottest, the smartest, the best person, but I guarantee you 
And they said it like guaranteed, 100%, no doubt. There's always someone better than you. So like, <gasps> be humble, sit Damn. down. I think, okay, I think it's a very uh, interesting humbling technique because like my parents and my family did that to me as well. But I feel like it might have stopped us from like, kind of like going somewhere. Tell? Yeah, <laughs> I really could have been like hot. <laughs> but at least, like, academically wise, right? Because then, like, I mean, at least for some people, it's like, oh, you're never gonna be the best in math, so like, why study more math? Or like, it's true. like, it's um, true. It, might, it might do more harm than good. Yeah. Mm. So, or like, you're never gonna be the most popular kid, so like, why, why bother making more friends? So like. I, I understand what they're trying to wait i don't think it was that mentality it's more like oh you think you don't need to try any harder because you're the best right now yeah, it's like, just yeah. wait you're not working okay. you're not even working half as much as this other kid southern high school and he's only like halfway yeah right? yeah, 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 yeah 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 it's more that it's more of that you know, i i know that's the intent but then like the opposite effect could happen right? i agree i agree, I agree. <laughs> spectrum we probably get a whole spectrum of feelings <laughs> Yeah, like, it is interesting because, I mean, I think a lot of our listeners um, and our peers are Asian Americans. And Mm -hmm. I would say that for the people who don't actually excel or go into those spaces that their parents want them to be, right, like fit the mold that their parents want to be, it's a very challenging discussion. Yeah, it's hard to have a voice. Yeah, it's hard to have a voice. Like, right, if, if, um, I don't know if you guys had experience, but um, actually, you guys both didn't. Um, but for me, it, no, but for me, like I, I wanted to not do CS at one point in college and I wanted oh, to right, go yeah. into comparative religion, um, maybe go get an MDiv at seminary. And my mom was like, what, like, what, where did that come from? Like you wanted to say, you said you wanted to do CS and be a software dev. And, um, it's definitely like almost feels like an attack to them when they receive it, because it's like, I worked so hard so that you could do this like that can mm. give you financial like stability but then now you're choosing something that's like like works against what i've been doing this whole time maybe sure, they I did too good of a job bro what do you mean as in like you felt like you had too much stability so you can just do it yeah <laughs> yeah maybe i didn't grow up with actually like having to realize the struggles and that's why i was like oh like right just jump well, like that goes back to your john adams quote right because, like, each generation is supposed to take it a little bit easier. Or not easier. That kind of sounds bad. So, like, move away from, like, like hard... Difficult challenges. Like, difficult hardships. Right? And more towards self-expression. So what Exactly, do you exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, technically, they did a really good job. Because, like, you didn't have to worry about it. You felt so privileged that you could just be a pastor. <laughs> but it's like... That's like... <laughs> Damn. Oh, that sounds bad. That sounds bad. Anyway... <laughs> And you're just listening. It's not a, it's not a personal uh, attack. It's just that stereotypically general generalized. It is a very difficult conversation. They, pro- they probably know themselves. I mean, obviously. yeah, yeah. Generally, like it's even like difficult to be a pastor because like you know the sacrifices you're gonna have to make to yeah. go into that area, right? There's this, uh, there's this. Not, I don't know if it's a joke or a saying, but um, in like Korean American church, it's like when people say like, "Oh, like my son's be- became a doctor," like. My son became a pa- like pastor, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's so good for them!" And like behind their back, they're like, "Thank God it's not my son." <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just an interesting thing. Yeah, in our, co- in our culture. <laughs> hey, what else? What else? 
I feel like there's gonna at least like within our generation or in the next generation, there's gonna have to be somebody that breaks out and like sets that mold. I mean, we do see that nowadays. Yeah, we, right? I, I'm sure we. There do are, we? Are like, who, 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 all right, shout out. Okay, we can start the shouting them out. I, sh- I shout out uh, Stephen Yun, uh, Dave uh, Dave Chang, Roy Choi, um, basically like Dan all the, Kim, all these like, in- actors and like restaurateurs that basically yeah, yeah. generally don't. Like from our traditional like Asian American mindset, they don't make it for the most part. Right? Yeah, that's true. There are some right now, but they're not like they're not like big, big, right? Oh, whoa! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a you know subjective. That, okay, that's true. I think uh, maybe it's just the fact that they're not commonplace yet. You know, right? They're they're still breaking into those spaces. Right. 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 They're not established. Disruptive mm-hmm. innovation, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the only thing that makes me kind of uh, skeptical about at least the entertainment area or entertainment space is that I know for a fact that China has a quota saying that if you don't have at least one Chinese or Asian person in the movie, it's not allowed to be shown in China. Yeah, it's not allowed <laughs> so, a premiere. Yeah. yeah. So then wow. it's like we're, everyone's going to have to put one in because they want to make money in China. So I was just like, uh, I can't really say like we've broken into the entertainment space yet. Well, uh, for Asian Americans, right? I think yeah, Asian, Asian Americans, yeah. Yeah, I think Asians is a little different because yeah, that's true. I mean, culture, culturally, even though it's only like a couple of generations that our parents or grandparents departed, like we're still very different right? from right. Asians in Asia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say that we are making progress without force in, in America. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, Asian Americans have broken into the entertainment space yet. But if you look at our Asian, like true, true Asian brethren, <laughs> they they've kind of they've kind of gotten into that that space. Like with um with K dramas, like K dramas are almost like universally watched, and and it's more like I think it's more acceptable over there, at least for Asians to be into acting. Or, I feel on, like it's on, more. I don't know. I don't know how it is over there. I don't know. I think it's pretty rigorous, right? The whole training aspect and the whole, like, getting the person ready to be an actor. I, I think maybe taking the part about the uh, Asians in Asia uh, aside. Oh, that's a I better way to say it. Asians in Asia? I don't know. <laughs> Asian <laughs> Um I do think that, I mean, I, I think I disagree because I think Asian Americans have broken into the entertainment space they have, but I, well, I think what you said was, um, I mean, off this podcast was more in line with what's going on in that space, right? Well, no, no, no. Because we, Asian Americans, break into the space in a different way, right? We break it into, like, um, into outside spaces that are sub-entertainment technically. So, like, Asian Americans are very prevalent in, like, YouTube or, like, on other forms of media, not on, like, the big screen. Where like, like we're films, talking about, like we're talking like Hollywood, right? Right. Like the only way some Asian Americans have kind of broken into like Hollywood has been like through other means. There's no, like, there, you don't see that many that goes directly to Hollywood. That's what I'm trying to get at. Because like see. in like in Korea, like, there's probably a lot of people that just grew up learning to act and then moved right into like the Korean uh, acting industry. Sure. Sure. So I guess your your critique or not critique, but your statement is that Asian Americans haven't really broken into um, Hollywood, at least 
the way that some other um, people have. Mm-hmm. I think it goes along the lines of like, we still treat entertainment jobs or careers as uh, as side gigs, at least, because like they don't appear as stable, at least to Asian Americans or Asian American families. Yeah, I so mean, like nobody definitely didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, our parents definitely didn't tell us to become actors. Yeah, actresses. So no one goes like directly. So that might be the other case, right? That might be the other reason why Asian Americans haven't broken into the industry yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying there is talent, but because we lack imagination, we're not able to produce enough people to go into that space. Or maybe and, like we just, uh, we just uh, last. Like, a... Sorry, go ahead, hey, go Kevin. Ahead. No, no, go for it, Derek. Okay. I was going to add to Andrew's statements, like, and we probably don't lack the confidence because it's hard to have, like, full self-confidence in a career if your parents are telling you something and you're mm-hmm. not seeing representation a lot. And so it's like, you you got you got to be super, like... Yeah. You got to be risk tolerant. You got to know you want it. You got to... Yeah. And it's hard to, you know, say you have that at such an early age when you haven't really been pursuing it as much as you want to, or if other people are telling you to do something else. Right. Cause like you, at, at that age, at least you need people to kind of build up your confidence or help you build out that confidence. Right? Yeah. So if anything, what... like the, the recent, maybe not like exactly breaking into it, but because there is a slight increase in representation, whether that's due organically or whether that's might be, you know, just there um it, it i think it will kind of either restart the conversation that people have with themselves or their parents about is this a viable career like now you can actually point fingers and say hey like so and so like they actually can do it like i don't see why this could be an issue or like here are some other ways that i can start working towards this mm-hmm. um, whereas like before you know like 10 years ago 20 years ago it might have just been like well, I would be patient zero or like I would be, you know, kind of the first in here. So it's harder to kind of make that statement exactly to your parents, I guess. Because I guess like another thing is like I think in Asian culture or specifically how I brought it, like the idea of a parent is like is weighed very heavily, right? There's like a lot of respect. There's a lot of understanding and wanting to kind of – it's like the idea of filial piety, I think. And so mm. – there's not a lot of people who want to like go against your parents or at least like I didn't feel like I really wanted to do that. Although like I might have those feelings, like it never got to the actual stage of like, Oh no, screw it. I'm just going to do it. Cause I know that this is right. It was always like, I'm, I'm always hesitant in, in that kind of regards. Right. That probably, I mean, like it's the whole uh, differentiation between Western ideal of individualism and um, you know, Asia. I, I think it's maybe too general, but, in Eastern, in some Eastern uh, cultures, um, <laughs> we we value uh, what is it called? Like com- commu- community, like or I was about, yeah, com- communal, communal <laughs> communism. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Although there are some countries that do like that and value that. <laughs> but yeah, we va- we we think um, as a tribe, have, right? We're very tri- we, not. Tri- no, we think as a whole, like as a whole, like how our actions kind of affect others around us. So like, uh, our family. Well, I, you can't, you don't always say that, right? Cause like the, the roles that par- our Asian Americans kind of are attracted towards, not only kind of make a lot of money, but they're also very useful to society. Like they want you to be kind of 
like somebody that can help society yeah contribute you they want you to be a contributor i see okay but let's just be honest here okay mostly <laughs> the money it's mostly the money parents are talking to their kids to become lawyer doctor engineer so that their kid can be beneficial to society hmm. and make a lot of money if lawyers and doctors and engineers made the same amount of money do you think our parents would push for it if what do you think our parents would push for us to become because technically we became what our parents i don't know if like they wanted it but like across the board like what we kind of fit the mold of what um you know asian american parents want out of their children we became engineers right yeah that's true so so like do you think our parents or Asian American parents in general would push for their kids to become lawyer, doctor, engineer if it did, if it made the same amount of money as other careers and did it wasn't necessarily above average. I don't think so. I don't think I so don't, either. I don't think so. Don't think so. <laughs> it goes back to like the way that they grew up, right? Like in a time of war or in a time of immigration, like money was important. And then it's that frugal mindset that comes into play is like, understanding where to save how to save because the value of money to them is so great as like they know like a dollar can get you x y and z and it can provide for a family really well and so to them they might have had a lot of times and struggles where they couldn't come up with enough money to put food on the table or to come meet me let wow i can't speak to make ends meet and so i think it goes back to like the best gift or that they know how to portray their love to us is to convey that lesson of being well off in terms of financially. And the way that they were exposed to that as much was mm-hmm. just kind of through those careers that they've heard about. Yeah. And adding on to that, I think it's the stability of those roles too, right? Right. Cause right, like right, right. those, those positions are, or career choices they're they're super stable and they're always technically in need at least like during our time right we're always going to need a doctor we're always going to need a a lawyer for some reason business uh, engineering yeah business engineering like there's always jobs for it so they it provides that stability that they didn't have because of like like you said war um but that fee that like kind of fed us into like falling into the model minority because that's what we kind of are right we're in the we're the highest or tech i don't know technic people nowadays say we're like the highest performing class or race are we is that what they said i think we they they've said that we outperform uh white people we but, think, but we also have the largest wealth gap we do so oh, yeah. i think i think um I definitely read what are seen or read an article that Derek just mentioned about the wealth gap in um, Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you're referring to, Kevin, is that um, generally speaking, we choose careers in higher earning. Sorry, we choose high earning careers. Yeah. So then our like, everyone, our, but yeah. yeah. So then our median just becomes like the highest perform or like the highest out of all the other groups. But then if you look at other statistics where you see. Like, what is the truly top performers, right? Who are the true top performers? Like, Asian Americans aren't up there. There's like, very few. There's yeah, few. there's very few. Like, probably one hand or two hands. But, um, like, you probably see African Americans up there more often than Asian Americans. And it's just like... But then since we fall into the model minority and then our median is really high, that's what everyone sees, right? 
Because you don't see, like, I don't know, like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't see, like, a rich person walking around or, like, a famous person walking around every day. It's, like, you kind of generally see, like, uh, I don't know, like, when you go to, like, more well-off areas, you kind of see similar races across the board, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of, that kind of paints a picture that's not exactly true because then like you just mentioned that there's a wealth gap a huge wealth gap in the asian american community and like people don't notice that yeah right they're not getting the holistic view right they're they're just singling out certain cases and saying oh this depicts kind of the majority whereas Mm -hmm. that's not really the case and how everything should be taken individually and Mm -hmm. holistically yeah at the same time yeah. And I even gener- go ahead. Uh, I think generalizations do a good job at kind of capturing the average, but averages also don't, you know, speak to the distribution of like the, the, the numbers, right? So like um, if there is a big wealth gap, the average is going to be dead in the center, right? Yeah. And we're not going to see that we're not going to see the fact that there is a this is so like statistics of me, but it's like bimodal. There's two like two um, modes, right? Yeah. Two modes. Yeah. And yeah. one being very on the very low income end, and one very high income end. Yeah. Right. And I think people don't even notice that it even falls even it breaks down even more within the Asian community. Like it, if you look at like different ethnic groups, like I we know for sure, like usually like South Asians and East Asians perform the best in comparison to like Southeast Asians, right? Well, perform the best as in like, you're talking about income, right? Yeah, income, in, yeah. in terms of income. Like they, they probably make the most. And then if you look at Southeast Asians, typically they are they are generally in the lower income. So like, like that goes into like how, at least when you're considering Asian American, they kind of grouped you into the same, in the same group. Right. And they don't notice the the nuances between the groups, even within the Asian community. And then us being in that community, we kind of see all the nuances, and we kind of understand and be right. we're able to like differentiate. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that like what what would how does that like? It's definitely a hard topic, that? right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely a hard topic to kind of fully encapsulate um, a cause like there's always things that we're constantly learning about. And I'm sure like even being Asian Americans ourselves, like the perspectives that I just want to also say that just the perspectives and the ideas that we, we currently know can be ever changing. And as we're seeking out other people's voices and we only speak really from our own experiences, you know, like, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, like we're only three P's out of, all the Asian American community. So it's like, although like our, our our ideas might be representative of like a lot of people, it definitely doesn't kind of speak to all. And if not, sometimes it's not. Like maybe we find ourselves being in that minority kind of voice representation. And so it's always kind of interesting to start these conversations and to kind of seek out more opinions, whether that's from the listeners or from online uh, resources, forums, blogs, and stuff like that. But yeah, I feel like this topic is always really engaging and very interesting to me is because I think growing up, I've always had a lot of like struggles with personal like identity or in understanding where I fall and how to like navigate 
a world that might not be made for me. And so hearing people's experiences and being able to have friends to kind of walk through this um, is always very supportive and like a community that kind of stems in that foundation. I don't know. So that's, I guess I want to say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else you guys want to add to this episode? I guess one thing, I think um, we're recording this right now on March 30th and um, the last past couple of weeks, there's been a rise of uh, hate crimes towards Asians. And um, I think since we're on this topic now, um, I think it's appropriate to maybe talk a little about that and kind of share, um, you know, and stand in solidarity with, um, you know, our, um, you know, our our fellow Asian Americans, knowing that, um, you know, we have family members like sisters, mothers, brothers, fathers, and peers that are um, constantly like having to worry, right, um, about um, their own safety. And I think that's, I think it's an appropriate time to maybe talk about that a little bit. I think, I mean, we talked a little bit about model minority and kind of some of the things that affect the way that we choose career. And um, to some extent, um, I mean, I think we do kind of fit the mold, right? We do kind of fit the mold that we're talking about. And we, we I guess, to some extent are critiquing. Um, but yeah. um, as people who kind of understand our own backgrounds better, um, I think oftentimes it's, it's sad to see that people make generalizations uh, about our people and uh our, um, you know, our race based on very like selective things that they're hearing, hearing from media. Um, and oftentimes more than not, like people don't know the, you know, the, the, the backgrounds of, um, Asian Americans, um, or Asian Canadians or just immigrants in general. Right. Um, we're, we are like the living embodiment of like the Asian diaspora, right. Um, we are Asian, but culturally, and you know, the way that we've grown up, we don't, completely resemble um asians back home from my mother motherland so i i think it's 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 sad to see people kind of like yeah just group and and i guess to some extent spew um hatred and and um yeah i don't don't really have much to say after that i think it kind of goes to that idea i think for me when i look at what's been going on and kind of just adding on to what andrew said is that oftentimes people when they don't know a lot about a specific person or a specific race or a specific culture, it's very easy to ask simpler questions and then take those answers and kind of apply it to the masses. And then if you're, you know, getting your news or getting your kind of information from only one source. And I think this goes back to kind of the importance of just being open-minded and being an eager listener to really listen and to really walk the shoes or ask about people's experiences and be more open to that because I know like for me personally um it's been hard to be in this vulnerable position and like when people ask you like what are your thoughts it's like for me at least I've always had that kind of uneasiness of like should I how how like truthful or should I tell these stories or stuff like that in the case of wanting to protect myself and so but I think it's really important, especially in times like these, to really be able to push past on both sides, you know, one side wanting to come listen and the other side being able to share your actual story 
And I think only is it when you do that, are you able to really come to make ends meet and to real, real, really be able to establish kind of this common ground of understanding for both sides, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, in, at least you, you kind of talked about it. It's like an education problem or even a, a problem of just like not understanding the other side or just our side as Asian Americans. And then also just the, at least the, I, I don't know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but the, uh, the, the, what's it called? The divide, at least between the different uh, social movements. It's like with BLM and then us and not us, like we're not really, we didn't really, no, well, our community tends to not speak out as much. And it kind of reflects the idea of being a model minority. So we don't, we tend to not protest as much. We tend to stay quiet and not voice our opinions. So then that fed into like the most other minority groups not sticking up for us or even us like not sticking up for ourselves. Right. And then I think that that divide really makes it difficult to kind of, I don't know, at least educate because then it's hard. Like, for one, we're not going to be out there protesting. I don't know. Like, I, I'm i not a huge protester. I don't know why, but, like, not a fan. I don't feel like it solves too much for myself. Um, but I think this is a time when we're probably going to have to find unity in some place so that we can all stick up for one another. And that's kind of, like, how uh, we actually managed to achieve stuff in the past. At least with like the Civil Rights Act in 1964, like I think there's gonna be a time when someone kind of like stands up for both sides or all sides, and hopefully it's an Asian American or at least somebody in the minority community that's willing to stand up. Could be one of us. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about protesting, but yeah, I think um, I think you put it best when you said it's it's really hard. I mean, once again, I'm generalizing. Asian Americans, but I think speaking up uh, is definitely not something that we're like taught to do. Right. And it's even like like this conversation right now, it's, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm like trying to think about what I'm going to say before I say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it's a sensitive subject. So it's, yeah, it is sensitive. Um, And I think I've never really publicly, like outside of private conversations with friends, I don't think I've really made a statement per se about just racial injustice in general. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's definitely something that I'm like kind of deconstructing of why do I not speak up? Is it because like, I don't see any value in it? Is it because I don't think that I'll make a difference um, and kind of like breaking that down and seeing like why people speak up and, and kind of uh, moving forward from there. Um, I don't think I have uh, even like, 30% of the answer, but I think that, I mean, all of us here, we're, we're having conversations like this and we're talking about this because it is uncomfortable. Yeah. But the reality is that uh, people are getting targeted based on race, right? And I, I think that's kind of yeah. something that we're having to struggle with um, while we're having this conversation. One thing, though, I think uh, social media might play at least a good role in this, where uh 
Asian Americans might be more willing to speak out, at least online. Mm. So that might be one of the benefits of technology and social media. But we'll see. And there are many other ways too, right? Like the fact that we're having this conversation here or we're starting conversations with our family members, um, things that take place offline, that's a whole other kind of spectrum as well Mm -hmm. on making efforts, you know, emailing politicians or Mm -hmm. voicing your concerns privately or publicly. Um, They all play a role. And I think they all kind of step towards progress in understanding what's going on. And it's important when we speak about these issues to really use active voice and not have a passive voice and so we understand kind of the root cause or to call it for what it is and i think these examples here kind of help push forward progress in the end and overall will help at least expand the understanding and help make a difference yeah agreed yeah agreed well Let's wrap up this episode. Sorry, I ended on a, a somber note, but I feel like we needed to address that topic. Um, but I hope you guys who did listen to the end got to understand our upbringing a little more, our understanding of Asian Americans in the US and in Canada, I guess. Um, yeah, just understanding our perspective and how we came to be here. Yeah, and I, another thing I just want to add to is like we we would love to also learn more right like if if we said anything or if there's more information that a listener feels they want to share with us like feel free to connect with us like we're down for these conversations we really enjoy listening and connecting with others and so just like email us dm us um and get connected whether you want to talk about investing your upbringing as an asian american or your general upbringing or things that you think we should have touched on or things that we didn't touch on that you wanted us to um and all of those kind of play into kind of building this community building this space for everyone to to learn to grow to find themselves that's what we're here for nice see you guys next time